are elite. For everything you need to know about Mercedes Monet's AEW debut, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com. What action going back and forth? You got an ass like an amphitheater. It begins with a U. It ends with an A. There's a middle initial there. Monday Night Raw, number one. All right. Welcome, everyone, to the Cultaholic Classic Raw review as the other Cultaholic lads are dissecting another busy week in wrestling. We are here via our Ica-Pro-powered DeLorean screeching towards WrestleMania 10, where we're going to meet stars like Cy Sperling from the Hair Club for Men, two guys who do some sort of show about a taxi, and uh, some some guy from New Kids on the Block. They're there. That's that's good. And who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter without a portfolio, former cultaholic heavyweight champion Tom Campbell. And I be with the bear in the big blue bar cage, the man who, if he was to give you, if you were to hand him a pen, he would snap it in front of you and put each bit in your eyes because he doesn't need a pen. He needs a pen. He gets it right every time. It's Justin Henry from off of America. Sounds very violent there, Tommy. You got quite violent. Hey, you're the one stabbing pencils in people's eyes, mate. <laughs> Not that I recall. Well, that's it. You that's what happens. The, the mist descends and you forget. That's I mean, it's quite possible. I mean, I, I can't be in control of myself 24 hours a day now. <laughs> That's what you said to the policeman, and that is what you'll say to the judge. But hey, look, me and you, we're not on our own this week, are we? We're not two lonely guys sat in a shack talking about wrestling. No, instead we're three lonely people sat in a shack talking about wrestling <laughs> because we have uh, we have our executive director of Mary Met here with us. Our good, <laughs> our good friend Sydney Zumowitz, who has joined us for a few previous podcasts, and has a very busy day ahead of herself as she's preparing to move back to Michigan State University. So we appreciate her taking time out to watch Raw with us and uh, and do a little review. Sid, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, that always makes me laugh. <laughs> well, the, the executive the director of Merriman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, the thing is, Sid, because we're, because we're old men, this basically counts as care in the community. So you can actually get paid for this, really. <laughs> 
Yes, us crotchety old cynics. <laughs> well, you're you're more cynical than I. Well, yes, it's uh, comes from. I live in New Jersey. Come on now. That's true. That's true. I'm far too bright and chipper to be a wrestling fan, according to YouTube comments. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're like one of the um, the perfect replicon things from uh, the world's end, where it's like you know, <laughs> society has evolved, and you know you're you're too unrealistic to be human. <laughs> Sid, you were here when Justin said that I'm too perfect to be human. Yeah, I was. That's excellent. Just wanted to make sure there was a witness, a character witness, <laughs> who was here when we watched that. So, Sid, what's been happening in your world lately? Uh, well, last week was my birthday, so I am officially 20. Happy uh, 20s. Yeah, uh, and um, I uh, had my last full week uh, hanging out in my house before getting ready to move everything in. Uh, and last weekend, I believe we saw my brother's apartment. Uh, so now we just have to move my stuff in uh, today. And then uh, I got to help my friend move in tomorrow morning, very early in the morning, eight in the morning. And then I think I'm heading back here, but I don't know exactly yet. I got to figure out our plans. Plus, you are headed to All Out, I believe. Yes, that is true. I literally have classes Wednesday. I have one class Thursday morning, and then we head out. Wow. What are you excited most about for All Out? Um, I'm definitely uh, excited for StarCast, uh, as I normally am. Uh, but I'm more excited because of the Moxley show that they're going to have, as well as the CM Punk show with... I am positive Austin's going to make sure he gets front and center for it is here. Whatever the heck that punk is going to say on the mic. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be an event, especially now that we have the Wednesday night wars impending. No, for sure. What an exciting time to be a wrestling fan to get a whole new, you know, Hey, Justin, we can say that we lived through two wars. Um, <laughs> Well, yes, there's that, and also premium ice cream wars. That was a big war. Oh, okay. So we lived through three wars. Yes, because, see, that's why I'm old and cynical. I'm like, you know, just one of those old salts that just remembers how things used to be. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Everything Stinks. Back in my day, the USA shows were walked in by a murder she wrote. <laughs> you had to sit through sexy Angela Lansbury. <laughs> Solving them crimes by herself. And Justin, you can put that voice on all you like, but I know that's how you feel about Angela Lansbury. She's a she's a beautiful lady. <laughs> I'm a good lady. Um, she was, she she was the Becky Lynch of her day. She she had red hair and she didn't give a damn. <laughs> and people called her the man. <laughs> In a manner of speaking, perhaps. <laughs> anyway, enough of this hijinks. She was Kojak um, with hair. <laughs> Who <laughs> oh, loves you, baby? Uh, <laughs> says Angela Lansbury. John, can you just can you just send us a picture of Angela Lansbury? Thanks, mate. Um, the let's let's get jump in the DeLorean. Where and when are we for Monday Night Raw this week, Justin? Well, this is an interesting one because the air date was February 28, nineteen ninety four, but this was taped four weeks in advance on January thirty first at the Fernwood Resort in Bushkill, Pennsylvania. I can't get over the wacky scheduling of these tapings. 
Yes, it's uh, it is it, it is very off kilter and bizarre how they're recording these shows sometimes out of order and like imagine being if I don't know if it's Vince or Bruce or whoever has to come up with the continuity going from show to show to make sure everything fits in proper order, but I I imagine it had to be like a three drink a day job. Yeah, it was it was a heavy one. Um, Sid, uh, what, what were you doing when you were watching this episode of Raw? Obviously, you weren't born, but what were you doing when you were watching it this time round? <laughs> Um, I was just, uh, watching it, um, I, I watched it yesterday, uh, because I was supposed to go to the Humane Society for my last day of quote-unquote work, but we only had one car here, so we didn't have a way that me and Austin would be able to be, still be able to go somewhere, so, and then also we had, um, we had a media call for StarCast, ooh, um and so uh we uh so before the call i watched uh i watched the episode and uh austin came over and he's like what are you, what are you watching and i showed him and he's like oh i get it now <laughs> yeah you're hanging out with those two again like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah wasn't the most ringing endorsement of this time period of wrestling huh it's that <laughs> he he was honestly kind of jealous. He he wants to be on again. Oh, he can come back on, can't he, Justin? Well, sure. He just has to pass seven different, seven separate tests before he can come back on the show. That Tom and I will determine at a later date. And pay us both four hundred dollars. <laughs> yes, it's uh, we're, we're very strict here. Not that anyone could be on the show, as we have proven. We've only had five different guests. That's very true. <laughs> We had to turn down Shawn Michaels. He, we he, certainly he, did. We didn't have enough hair. <laughs> we had a John get on then, an RD. <laughs> John's got loads of hair, mate. John, Photoshop oh. yourself oh, with God. flowing locks. John, give yourself dreads. John, yes, John, Photoshop yourself with dreads, please, John. Thank you, John. <laughs> Rasta John Eiley. <laughs> uh, yes, Sid. As uh, you know, as you know, because you're on the show, you can play your John card whenever you wish. So if you, if you hear something that is rather fun, just shout it at John. There's no no suggestion, no request. Too daft. He'll do it. John even designed okay. my John even designed my fancy football logo for my team this year. Is he? Oh yes, he already has. Because uh, my Philadelphia Eagles have signed a player named Josh McCown, a 40 year old journeyman quarterback. So I want to call my team Doink McCown. And sure enough, he took a photo of, of, of Josh McCown and gave him the Doink face paint and green hair. What a boy. What a boy. Love him so much. I know he's versatile. <laughs> so anyway, let's get into Monday Night Raw this week. What we got? What, what? How do we kick off? Well, we kick off with some still photos from the Rumble because we're hyping up the fact that while Luger and Brett are getting title matches at WrestleMania 10, uh, Randy Savage could throw the whole thing into disarray should he defeat Yokozuna tonight for the World Heavyweight title? It's a pretty big match to have in a, in a ski resort in January, I'll say that. <laughs> it's a massive match. <clears throat> Turning could turn could turn WrestleMania upside down. Very well. I mean, it's uh, it could be chaos. The whole card could be thrown into uh, just, just scattered. Just have to redo everything. So we start out with uh, Vince and his guest commentator, who we don't see initially, but he just gets offhand a reference with... Which actually made me think that he, he he wasn't going to appear on camera, but he did. It was uh, Harvey Whippleman. How's that for a random shout? That is very peculiar. I liked him, though. I thought he was good this week. We'll, we'll kind of get into the minutia of how good he was in a little while. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you think of Harvey Whippleman? 
Uh, I just remembered when we did the watch along and I first saw him, uh, and you told me that story about him, uh, about the, I, I believe it was him with the playing the, uh, playing the female or something. Oh yes. He was Harvina. Yep. Harvina. And I was just thinking about that the whole time. And I mean, he, he was pretty darn good. Like he was, he, he was, he, I, I did think he was pretty good. Um, but it was just really odd to see him there. Like, just like, Oh, well, Savage is not there. So, and eh. when I saw how Harvey was dressed, Tom, here's a shout for you. You know, Harvey's a combination of go on. GC ice from PG 13 and, and Kirk Van Houten. Wow. That's, that's quite the mashup. Now I want to hear him saying, can I borrow a feeling? <laughs> kind of want to half, half expect him to, to, uh, to wrap the nation of domination down to ringside. Harvey and the nation would have made the nation even stronger. <laughs> we watched Nation of Domination Entertainment today. That's how powerful they would have been. Oh, wow. They would have overtaken wrestling as a whole. So we start out with the main event, as is, uh, as is kind of standard in this period. Randy Savage versus Yokozuna for the WWF Championship. Fun fact here, this is Savage's last televised world title match in this company. Oh, really? Yes, it is. Oh, man. So this is a pretty historic match for having a ski resort in January. <laughs> You're really going to push this ski resort in January thing, aren't you? This match should be in the garden. It should, it should have been the main event at least. I mean, you're having it in... How many, how many fans are here? About 2,500? This is Randy Savage. Two years earlier, he was one of the world title from Ric Flair in front of 60,000 fans at the Indianapolis Hoosier Dome. He's wrestling in a ski resort. It just shows the you the distaste, the distaste they have for Savage as a headliner. Not just that, but just where the company is at this point. It's... um, These were the... A return to the salad days, so to speak. So Savage jumps Yoko from behind, but that's okay because he's a baby face. Yoko, <laughs> Yoko hits him with his back elbow with his robe still on. He should have wrestled the whole, the whole match with the, with the robe on, I think. He was hot enough. The amount of sweat pouring off this lad. I don't think he needed any extra layers on. Well, it's cold outside. It's January. It's January, and he's in a ski resort. Like, it's already doubled the cold. <laughs> he should be in one of those ski poles there in the match. <laughs> Have a match on a ski lift. Yes! One guy gets thrown off on top of a mountain. That so would anyway, be brilliant. John, if you could make that happen, that'd be great. Moxley versus, like, Joey Janela. <laughs> <laughs> Joey would do it, too. I'll, I'll bet you anything. Oh, 100%. So anyway, Harvey questions why Fuji and Corny would sign for this match so close to WrestleMania. And it's like, he's actually making sense on commentary. He's not bound to some character. He's not. He just he's just making points. Harvey is like ten times better than IRS and Booker combined. I thought he was great this week. I thought he was he was a standout. And there's a few bits that he did that I liked. There's a few bits that confused me, but overall, I thought he was great. He's just a basic heel announcer who makes the points for you. Nothing more, nothing less. He, he he's, he's basic, but that's fine. So Yoko takes this awesome bump through the ropes, and Savage hits a running knee to his back. And you forget just how agile Yokozuna was for a man his size. 
he was like a cruiserweight at, at 600 pounds. It was amazing. I mean, it, it didn't, it did cream cracker him for the rest of the match. <laughs> to be fair. Yeah, he was a little, uh, a little winded, but that's a little winded. Well, he was going to pass out. This was a good match. I don't care what you say. It was a good. No, it was a good match. I was just surprised at how how knackered he was so quick in. Well, as we'll see when he faces Luger at WrestleMania, you know he learns to pace himself, albeit not for the, <laughs> the audience's enjoyment. So we get kind of this awkward spot after Savage hits the axe handle on the floor. We come back from break. Uh, Savage is trying to throw Yoko back inside. It looks like for all the world that he's giving him a hernia check. Because, I mean, it's, he's, he's got to do what he has to do to get him back under the rope so that he can pin him and win the belt. But his arm kind of disappears. John? Understand no, I'm this. kidding. No, John. Oh, no, John, please, now. No, John. No, John, over there. John, stand down. John, stand down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sound some piles. <laughs> he's a monstologist. The monstologist! John! No, don't, John. Don't, John. Don't, don't. Don't. Well, Savage with a rubber glove would be fine, I think. Just don't draw anything else. <laughs> oh, yeah. I found some piles. I don't know why that's finished me off. I think I'm just very tired. <laughs> it's four in the afternoon where you're at. Come on, it man. It is indeed, but I've, no, I've been, I've been up since half four in the morning. <laughs> so. It's the Twilight Zone. Sid might have to cover for you soon. Nah, it's uh, well, well, you, well, it'll be fine if that's the case. Sid, <laughs> Sid, you're on your own. Oh God. <laughs> Sid's carrying the show now. It's fine, it's fine. Just, just laugh and then every so often shout, shout, John. That's that's what I've done for about a year. <laughs> I know Jim Cornette has been uh has been kind of a negative name in the news lately for the whole Jordan Gray situation. And he's been kind of a uh, director over the coals for some of the things he said, but god damn, he was a great performer. Just watching himself being throttled by Savage, where he's walking away and he's still acting like he's just, he's just been accosted by a, a wild animal. Like, everything he does is it's so subtle, and but yet so, he projects it so well, every little nuance. He is so good, and you're right, it's, an, it's annoying that he's so good. I, yeah, he's just... He never takes away from any performance he's in. He always adds to it. Just a shame he's such a windbag. Uh, I mean, I like Jim. Uh, we both work for the same magazine together. I've interviewed him a couple times. Always a nice guy, but... I mean, he does get wound up sometimes, and I, I kind of wish he wouldn't, because he'd be a great... I mean, he, he's a wonderful storyteller. Like, I can listen to old Cornette territory stories on YouTube all day while I'm doing different things. And just it, and they never get old. Just the way he tells them, and the content of the stories. He's one of the greats. It's just I wish other people could see him the way, you know, you and I see him. But it is what it is. At least I can appreciate him for what he's doing here. Yeah. And, and Savage at one point, he goes up top. And you're thinking, you're thinking he's going for the double axe handle. But this is 41-year-old Randy Savage hitting a diving crossbody. When the hell does he ever pull that out? Oh, it's so good. So good. Because he, you know, he's telling you he's, he's going to do anything he can to win this belt. Even if he has to go beyond his own comfort zone. And for Randy Savage, there ain't much outside of that. 
So Vince is Vince at this point is just beside himself. Come on, Randy, I'm with the bill. Ah, he's just not for America. <laughs> <laughs> we'll buy you a bus. <laughs> we'll they buy you a bus. Over, repaint over the Lex Express. <laughs> <laughs> New bus. Put, put the big Slim Jim banners over it. <laughs> Unbelievable! We got you a new bus. <laughs> you, you still see part of Lex's head. They just put like the savage hat over top of it <laughs> and the sunglasses. <laughs> Poor Lex is peddling a Schwinn. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yoko halts momentum with perhaps the most painful falling headbutt to the nuts of all time. That's a big cream to be landing on the plums. That is. That looked. That looked painful. That felt mm -hmm. painful as well. That's <laughs> more than a thirty-three pound head, as Barack would say. <laughs> Vince is really playing up Savage here as an all-time great, which, to me, is kind of code for. Yes, we know we can use him to get ratings, but we'd rather just sit him. So this is. So don't get used to seeing him in the ring here. And that's kind of a shame. Yeah, that, I, I picked up on that as well. The, just the way that Vince talks is is like he's a legend that can still go. It's like, no, he can do more for you than that. And this match is proving it. It's like saying, wow, Roman Reigns at 34. You know, he's really tough for his age. He's really showing us something here. Like, no, he's 34. He can beat the crap out of any time he wants. He's prime Roman. This I, don't is... know whether, um, <clears throat> I don't know whether either of you appreciated this like I did. Uh, you, Justin, and you, Sydney, where they basically now incorporate Yokozuna's bad karma into the storytelling of the match. Which part was that? It's just throughout the, the, the three quarters of the end where, where Vince keeps saying, like, oh, he's, he's running out of energy. This is Macho's time. It's like they're playing up the fact that, that now, the fact that this man, Yokozuna, could barely go, like, after more than 10 minutes is now so bad that they actually play it into the story. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's just carny for, you know, he's like, you know, they have cardio classes at the gym. Vince is just trying to, you know, leave some hints. But it's like you push him based on his immensity. How many 600-pound guys can go 15 minutes routinely? I would, I'm sure there will be some. Maybe one day, you know, we'll have that evolved wrestler who's like 700 pounds that can do a Hurricane Rana. <laughs> But it's, you know. Trying to think if I know any. Sid, do you know any 1,500-pound wrestlers that could do a Hurricane Rana? I don't know any as of now. <laughs> but, what about, what but, about Puff, who works like the like the the Midwest? Who the hell are you talking about? It's a guy called Puff. It's a big guy called Puff. I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, Tom is tired. Well, my friend Solo Darling knows knows who I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> she sat next to me. No, it was it was a podcast that we did. We talked about him. Um, he's a big guy who's got big moves. Um, look him up after. Google him after. He's a real person. Okay. Uh, I was just thinking, there, is this like a parallel where like, where like Tom's getting winded this long into the match? He's <laughs> parallel Nipper He's imagining the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. That's it. That's exactly it. Right now, I'm hungry. Thanks. <laughs> so Yokozuna misses a leg drop because he, he he went for because he knew Savage would hate that move. And there's a fight over the oaken bucket here that uh, you know, that the carries the ceremonial salt. Savage bashes him in the face with it. 
Those men are down for a long time, and they milk this count. I mean, milk this count. I mean, this, this is almost like a two-commercial break double down. Joey Morella is counting in decimals at this point. Yoko's Savage, knackered, that's why. <laughs> Savage gets the arm across. Count it two. Vince swears to God it's three. Savage gets up, punches Cornette right in the face. I mean, he drills him. And he runs across, climbs, climbs the buckles. Yoko's still basically motionless from the bucket shot and everything before that. Savage hits the elbow. Crush runs and breaks up on two for the DQ. And Vince, in one of the great melodramatic man lines ever, says, How dirty can you be? Because <laughs> Savage just got screwed over here in Bush Kill. This was the Bush Kill screw job. Which is worse than the Montreal one. Yes, and Bush Kill screw job sounds like something that's much worse than it is. Savage screwed, scra savage, screwed savage in the Bush Kill screw job. Say that three yeah. times fast. Yeah, Yoko has. <laughs> Yes, Yoko does the interview, and he has, he has a black eye from the uh, bucket to the face. <laughs> so Brett runs in, makes to make the save, but not not before tagging hands with the fans. No, oh, like... did he do that? I looked for it. Did he actually do it? <laughs> yes, it, it was. It was kind of unintentional. Like the fans were just had their hands out, and Brett kind of just instantly just went like, "Okay, sure, I'm, I got to save Randy now." <laughs> did you notice? That before Brett came out, there was a there was an anomaly, something that I don't think we have properly seen for a good long while in the WWF, if ever. What's that? An organic chant for Luger. That's right. I I, I did notice that. He wasn't out there. He wasn't. And Vince wasn't cheerleading him, but the crowd started chanting Luger. Yeah, okay, so he's, so he's over in Bushkill. It's like people say, yeah. That, <laughs> that was what they based his whole feud on. I'll be Bushkill's hero. <laughs> I'd assume that the reason they chanted Luger was because they really wanted Brett to come out, but it's like, I mean, if we chant for Luger, maybe Brett will come out, or if we chant for Luger, if we, if we chant for Luger, then they'll both come out because they both won. Hijinks ensues. Ah, so so a little bit of psychology, a bit of reverse psychology to bring Luger out, to bring Brett out. Well, they know Vince doesn't give the fans what they want, so if we chant for Luger, they're like, "You're not, you're not gonna get Lex Luger." Yeah, I mean, Dan. <laughs> oh shucks. My master plan worked. Darn, we have to settle for one, two, three, kid. Now, I guess that's fine. The Orange Cassidy response. <laughs> <laughs> So Luger does run in. He makes him him and Brett clean house. Savage sends a mighty Lugie flying crusher direction at one point. And, and Vince tries to tie this into the Olympics by saying, "Savage was robbed the same way Nancy Kerrigan got robbed against Oksana Bayul." Right, first of all, Nancy Kerrigan was not robbed against Oksana Bayul. Sure, she was hindered by having the leg injury from what Nancy, what Tanya Harding and her goons inflicted upon her. Upon her, but Oksana Bayul, I think, won fair and square, I believe. So, I like how this is your hill to die on. Actually, you're wrong about Oksana, and here's why. I've said that. I've said that before about Oksana, but that was a different Oksana. But <laughs> I uh, was. What's that said? I was so confused about that part. I was just like, "What? Why mention the Olympics? Like what?" Well, you see, Sydney, Vince McMahon <laughs> has this uh, obsession with trying to make Monday Night Raw seem topical. I so, know. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, yes, you have done these before. I have I've forgotten. 
Yes, uh... <laughs> You're talking to me like a child. <laughs> well, oh. you see... <laughs> Quit well, mansplaining Monday Night Raw! <laughs> well, I mean, compared to me, everybody's a kid and called a holic. It's Where true, you... You, we are the old boys. We are the old I... guard of Cultaholic. I had my prunes this morning before the show. I'm older yeah. than Adam, so you must be older than Adam as well. I'm older than you. <laughs> oh, proper old guard this is. <laughs> I'm younger than everyone. You, you're, you're the youngest person on the planet, Sydney. I know. <laughs> I'm barely even born. You're like, I'm like, this is amazing to be doing a, a radio show with basically a fetus. Yeah. <laughs> so basically... Talk. So just, <laughs> so just to put it in perspective, the whole Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding thing was a huge deal 25 years ago. Ah, and sure, okay. And Tom being in England, I'm sure he, I'm sure even he knew about it when he was a, a proper lad at the time. Probably, but to be honest with you, I was too busy playing Sonic the Hedgehog on my Sega Mega Drive, so I wasn't really paying <laughs> attention to the news. Well, yes, you were one of those weird kids that uh, just played with his media all day. <laughs> Did you sound then? You young kids play with your media all day. <laughs> you got your computers. Back in 1994, we still played outside. <laughs> but we played with our computers outside. My only friend was Tree Bark. <laughs> Tree Bark McGraw, he lived three doors down. <laughs> I hung my Tamagotchi out back. He deserved it. I had a Tamagotchi. I'm sure you did. Same. Freak. <laughs> oh, so I'm a freak too because I have a time get, because I had one. Sure, guilt by association. Yeah, we're all freaks. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay. We cut to Harvey Whippleman, who has the best sleaze ball look of all time: brown leather jacket, a wispy mustache, his hair slicked back, and a necktie that could cover a baseball field. Sid, your <laughs> thoughts on the attire of our friend? Harvey Whippleman. He might as well have been wearing wearing the word heel. <laughs> that, that, that is true. <laughs> like, if your dad dressed that way to go back to attend back to school night, you'd say, no, just stay home. Don't tell anyone you're like, my father. I'll be like, yeah, um, you're not my dad today. Uh, here's <laughs> my mom. She's going to go because she actually looks like she wants to be there. You were just dressed as your own dad at that point. Sorry, Dad, I love you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know I know he's gonna listen to this. If if he popped up as your Tinder match, you'd be like, no, no. <laughs> I think if my dad popped up as my Tinder match, no, 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 not your dad. <laughs> RV. Oh, okay. I swear to God, please no. Right, no that's John, worse. no, don't. John. This, is still, this, is, this is still pretty bad. <laughs> Actually, okay, what is worse? No, never mind. <laughs> it's getting Paul going on the, the Discord. Here. You know, it, it, had Savage won that match, he'd have been the first ever three-time WWE champ. Really. That's oh, how weird geez. this. That's how weird this era is. When like, like he only had it twice. Yeah, but he had like two seven-year reigns. It's like now he's like, like, like Orton's a fourteen-time champ. Yeah, that's great. I don't even know who he'd beat for yeah, twelve of them. Yeah, that's it. When, when John Cena comes out and they're like the fifteen-time world champion. Really? That's that's excessive. <laughs> like with Savage, you can name both guys he beat: DiBiase and Flair. 
Hogan, you can name who he beat. He beat uh, Iron Sheik, and then and to this point, he beat Savage for the other one. Okay, so he, I'm sorry, what the hell am I saying? He'd have been the second three times, because Hogan had five. But of course, he's Hogan, so. Yeah, Hogan was, Hogan was unfortunately streets ahead anyway, so. Well, I botched that statistic. Ah, it's fine. Matthew, Matthew, make a note of it. Matthew, just FYI. If Vince tries to work in the Olympic references here, Dan Jansen carrying the flag at last night's closing ceremonies, it's like, all right, we get it. The Olympics are around this time. Got it. <laughs> he so does love a good cheeky reference to the Olympics at the moment. Should bring Ken Batera back. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I keep thinking about how many times our truth has won the twenty four seven title. Well, it's he, he, he's the uh, he's the Randy Orton of that belt. For sure. Although I know I know more I know more people that truth beat for that belt than Orton beat for the world title. So. Good point. Bam Bam Bigelow versus Mike Curry. And Luna Vachon has the greatest shirt of all time on during this match. Oh my god, that shirt. Doink the Clown with a giant red circle and a line through it. She's the Doink Buster. <laughs> Who are you gonna call? Na, na, na. <laughs> and, well, she has hair like Egon from the cartoon. She does. Is, is it an homage to Ghostbusters that we've not paid attention to? Uh, I would assume not. Probably just like an anti-doink shirt, which I can see them becoming more in favor at this point because Babyface Doink sucks. Oh, so bad. You, are you with us on this, Sid? Is Babyface Doink pretty appalling? I mean, do you remember my reaction to like the millions of doinks? So there that can go. probably answer your question. There you go. So you know. We, we are, if you're, this is your first time listening. You know exactly how Sid feels. About all the doinks. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> not a fan well, at all. Hey, baby. But not as much as something that's going to happen later. Oh, I know what it is. I know what it is, too. <laughs> it's my staple. <laughs> it's your staple, staple. So, Bigelow versus Corey here. It's during this match that Vince chooses to ugly shame Howard Finkel, which is yeah, unfortunate. He gives him a bit of a shoo-in, doesn't he? It's not very nice. It's twice during the show that Howard has to go in the barrel. And, and, and it's unfortunate because, you know, Fink's, like, so beloved and cool. And it's like, oh, he's ugly. He's bald. <laughs> it's like, it's like dick. I All think people are always cool. just taking the mick out of Fink, though. Yeah, I, I don't get it. It's because Fink won't fight back, I guess. Whatever. More than likely. We got a great spot early in this match where, where Mike Corey has a headlock on Bam Bam. Bam Bam lifts him up and just deadlifts him. Walks him back to backwards to the ropes, and then does the bounce off the ropes. Kizer I like that. That was nice. Kizer wonders how strong Bam Bam is. Corey's no small guy either. No, and I, I, you know, I like him as as a jobber, as an enhancement boy. Big fan of Mike Corey. He's got a good physique to him. Yeah, it's a good couple of flourishes in this match as well. He's a decent athlete. I think he. I did some research on him. He was a. Uh, he retired like two years after this, incredibly enough. He did everything he wanted to do. He lost to Bam Bam Bigelow. Yes. Preliminary match. That was the peak for him. He was happy. Yeah, it was there after Bam Bam said, I'm sorry, I love you, and, and it hit the finish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was, I kept, I don't know if that, if it was just because my eyes were tired or something, but I kept thinking he looked like a really, really young Shane. A little bit. But, I mean, he, he did shit that and get the tattoos on. Oh, you meant Mike Corey. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing Bayman doing the uh, shuffle. Here comes the money. <laughs> Let's look an arm back and forth. <laughs> Call some tremors. John. Tremors. <laughs> John. Yes, John. John. <laughs> Bam Bam McManalo. Thank you, please. <laughs> oh, God, it's becoming ASMR. <laughs> that was putting me some kind of way there. Anyway. <laughs> you will. So Bigelow overpowers Corey, as, you, as one would expect. But he does not finish with the diving headbutt or the falling headbutt or even the moonsault. He picks it up and hits the Bad News Brown Ghetto Blaster. I like that as a finish. Just stands him up, hold him there. Don't move, don't move, don't move. And kicks him in the back of the head as hard as he can. I love that move. Great finish. So it looked, simple. It looked really painful. Well, it's a 360-pound man giving you a, a standing in Zugiri. I imagine exactly. it would be a little painful. Total skull wash. It was indeed. During this match, we had the mixed tag rules explained for WrestleMania. Dink and Luna have to wrestle each other. Bam Bam can't wrestle Dink, and Luna can't wrestle Doink. Yes, because um, women and midgets are the same thing. That's basically what they tell us. <laughs> I'm trying to put that in right now, like Lacey Evans versus a midget wrestler in a mixed tag match. How do they have to convey that to the audience? What are you saying? What really confused me was they said that, so they were like, oh, Dink can only fight Luna, and Bam Bam can only fight Doink, but then, like, like it just came out, oh, but it's it's the WWF, anything could happen. Doink could be in the ring with Luna, and Dink could be in the ring with Bam Bam. It's like, why even explain the rules if you're going to say that? Yeah, if you're going to just throw them out the window immediately. <laughs> Anything can happen. It turns very uncomfortable when Doink and Luna in there, and Doink's overpowering her, and all these kinds of, and they just like lose everybody. Like, oh, this, this isn't good. I mean, I like yes, to think I... that Luna and Doink could like the idea of Luna sort of like jumping onto Doink and just just going at him, just like just punching him in the face and clawing at his clawing at his face paint would be such a such a macabre image. I'd love that. It might have been even better than Sean and Razor. <laughs> Maybe. That might be the match we would have talked about for the rest of time. <laughs> the night Luna Vachon killed Face Doink. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be singing songs about her to this day. We, we would, all around a campfire. <laughs> exactly. The Ballad of Luna Vachon. <laughs> so we have a Broadway-style WrestleMania ad, which is not terrible. Except for the part where they say 10 years in the making... WrestleMania 1 was nine years ago. Stop with the miscounting crap. Your first birthday is is not the day you were born. It's not your first anniversary, is it? Your birthday. Your first exactly. It's not your first anniversary. Why do they not get this? I just, I, 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 I hear you saying like, oh, this outfit wasn't bad, but it's this, it's indicative of WWE at this time, which is we don't know what we are. Because you've got adverts which are, clearly aimed at the younger kids. You've got adverts that are aimed at new fans. You've got adverts that are aimed at perverts. You've got adverts that are aimed at old fans. And you've got this which is aimed at, like, musical fans. What are you trying to be? Whoa, 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 Tom. Are you saying a new fan can't be a pervert? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, perverts falls in all categories. I mean, some, I mean, some do crossover. There is crossover potential here. Pervert crossover Wait. potential exists in every genre. <laughs> 
how about this? Let's talk to Sid here. Sid, you you uh not having been a fan at this point since you weren't even born yet. Did any pervert at this point? <laughs> <laughs> Did anything on this show appeal to you in a sense that like, you know what? I wanna watch next week's episode now. Or, or is it kind um... of a chore? I thought the beginning kind of brought me in, and I was like, ooh, this is actually really good. Let's see how this goes. And then as the show went on, I was just like, okay, how much is left? How much is left? Like, what? what is how, – how close are we? Because it was just me. like – I was just like – because I was like, why would the – I didn't understand because I'm – the the new age wrestling fan where uh, the main events are normally put on last so i was right. like oh if this isn't the main event it's being put on first so gosh i wonder what they're going to do later and then it's a squash match and a squash match and like uh, and then this little advert and then and i'm just like mm-hmm. what this is what and then freaking the guy comes out later that i'm just like the freaking announcer we're now, we're guy now. or whatever yeah, so, and I'm just like, uh, can we just stop? And it did not want me to, I did not want to watch next week at all. And then it was just like, God, like, why even do, I, I don't understand the aspect of putting on the main event first, because it well, just kind of dries you out. Okay, well, uh, in fairness, what I, I what I think what they were trying to go for, and I kind of get it, was they believe the audience is bigger at 9 o'clock than 10 o'clock. So if you put what's bigger on first and you emphasize the important stuff and everything after that is just for fans so to speak a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago... If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash post. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. That makes sense. That isn't the reason why it was done all the time, though. I've been doing a lot of research into World of Sports, which is the old British wrestling style. And a guy who used to routinely be the star attraction at a show would be a guy called Mick McManus. He'd be like one of the lead villains. And he was also the booker. And a lot of the times he would say, I want to put our match on first. 
I want to be the first one out there. Not for any timing reasons or any presence reasons. He just wanted to be in the pub before everybody else. <laughs> so he booked his match first so he could get showered, changed, be gone. So, so you're saying is that Yokozuna, by the time we get to this next match here, is already on his way to Moe's Tavern. I'm, I'm telling you that by the time Bigelow hits the Ghetto Blaster, Randy Savage is at the bar going, I'll have a double! Guarantee I it. I don't know what that means. I don't know what a double means. <laughs> I hope it's good, though. <laughs> I hope it's twice as much as I normally have. <laughs> Earthquake versus the Black Phantom. Did you like now, how Howard Finkel was announcing making his WWF return? Because this to, is obviously filmed before the other week when on TV he made his return. Yes, it's, uh, that's the hazards of TV tapings. Jiggery-pokery, jiggery-pokery. Now, do you know who the Black Phantom is? I do, I do. And that's let's see if Sid knows. I kept thinking it was Lude whatever Borga, whatever the guy's name is, I forgot. Lude Borga, that's perverted. <laughs> I don't <laughs> that remember. Is, that is, that is the, uh, that's the porn version of... Hello, ladies. <laughs> he was the John... Finnish You're not something, ladies. Lude Borga <laughs> is like pollution. Is it Ludwig Borga? Yes. It is. Yes. We okay. prefer Lude Borga. <laughs> This is much better. <laughs> this towel is made from recycled material. Oh, Christ. Chat of lines for a, a recycling-friendly super villain. Uh, it wasn't Ludwig Borger behind the mask. No, it was not. It was actually the, it was the husband of the woman who was out there for the previous match, a man by the name of David Heath, who would gain a little more fame years later as... Gangrel. Oh my goodness. Yes, um, I, I didn't even know that going in. I did some research. I'm like, oh wow, that's that's the vampire himself. And he was the vampire warrior at, a, at yes. the USWA before this. He's taking a break from being a vampire to be a black phantom. And uh, he will go back to being a vampire shortly after this. So he went from vampire to phantom, back to vampire. So is he just like in this like uh, like dark age where he's just like he's just like I'm always gonna be a spooky scary guy well him and Luna got married on Halloween one year so that, that makes sense and I think there was his real teeth actually cause he probably just filed him down or got implants or something and he still wrestles to this day gangrel by the way I know I'm gonna see him at freaking GCW next uh, Friday are you yep Get in. I saw him. I saw him in Philly back in December at House of Hardcore. I think he faced uh, Alex Reynolds, and uh, he had, he had the Gangrel entrance. Crowd went nuts for it. everything. The the music, the blood spew. Gangrel is he's still the man, and he's still very athletic for being fifty years old. So, did you but... have to let us know how he is? If you get a chance to meet him, please get a photo with him. <laughs> I will. I'm very, I'm very nervous about that show because it's going to be my first quote-unquote extreme show, and I'm very scared. Oh, I'm excited it's, to catch up. It's a game changer, and, and they don't play it around. So, Earthquake versus Black Fan. This, this is not Gangrel's uh, most shining hour in, in terms of dominance because Quake uh, just beats the crap out of him. We get a really cool spot early on where Gangrel drops down to try to avoid Quake Charge, 
quick hops over him and then just drops an elbow on him immediately. Done. I don't know why I thought. I thought it was just a great spot. It was nice. Like Earthquake was in good form. As was as was uh, David. <laughs> David, that's his name. He's David. He's David. He's David the Vampire. Big David the Vampire. <laughs> like I come from the dark ages to suck your blood. What's your name? David. David. <laughs> Not to be confused with uh, with Horace the Vampire. <laughs> <laughs> or Alan the Werewolf. <laughs> Yes, these very intimidating names. <laughs> we give Earthquake a first name so he sounds tougher. It's like I, I, I got it. He's Hank Earthquake. <laughs> he should be the Earthquake, Hank Earthquake. <laughs> yeah. We talked about um, EWR in the office this week. This was the old uh, fantasy booking wrestling game back in the past. Never game store rules. Hey, that's the one. Um, yes. And uh, I, and I, I, I didn't mention this when we talked about it, but I remember booking a promotion, and my my main guy, my main event star, my box office draw was a character that I named Powerful Dave Powerful. <laughs> Please welcome Powerful Dave Powerful. That's uh, was he a big draw? Nah, uh, we drew five people once. <laughs> five people. Five people to a backyard show. Was it powerful, Dave? Powerful's family. I'm thinking at least three of them were his kids. Because <laughs> he was quite old. They all know each other. It's all I could afford. He's a main eventer. I could afford. <laughs> and who did they go up against? One of those uh, guys in the backyard wrestling video game. I'm trying to remember who he was up against. I think I think I I hired a guy, a European wrestler called Crazy Sexy Mike, and I name. kept his name because I liked it. So I think our main feud in the backyard was Crazy Sexy Mike versus Powerful Dave Powerful. I don't know why well, I really I, drew like five people. Well, the odds that Mr. Mrs. Mike would name their kids Crazy Sexy. It's bizarre. Sorry, Sid, we're just banging on about old things. My apologies. You're good. <laughs> so it's, we have some pertinent information during this Earth's Wild Squash match because Vince tells us that Adam Bomb is going to be replacing Ludwig Borga at WrestleMania because Borga has not healed up from his injury and is, in fact, at this point, no longer with the company. Aww. And I'm going to miss Ludwig. No Lud so, Borga anymore, Sid. Aww. So we... So now we have Adam's rib bomb. Well, I had to go for a Garden of Eden thing there. Um, bomb, Adam bomb. <laughs> Adam bomb. The bomb, Adam bomb. <laughs> He's holding me in the phrase nuclear blast. <laughs> hey, kids, have a nuclear blast, but don't do drugs. Griffin <laughs> gets a really cool looking step up drop kick. He's like 450 pounds. He's good, isn't he? And he was so underrated. I, I noted at this point, this point that Phantom has the skinniest kick pads ever. Did you notice these? They are very thin, aren't they? Now I look at them. <laughs> They're just... like there's, there's more strap than there are pad. It's really weird looking. It's like primitive kick pads from like a, a, a bygone era. What an odd outfit! It's kind of just thrown together. It's like you know, how we, it's like a mysterious, like, like 
I'm like, like I come from the abyss. I'm going to kick you, but I'm not going to hurt my own leg when I do it. <laughs> <laughs> so quick fish with the usual power slam, elbow drop, and the vertical splash. Squash in the literal sense, because he squashed Black Phantom, as you see. We get the WrestleMania report, and I want to go off on a rant here, because Todd Pettengill had the temerity to badmouth Charles Nelson Riley. Charles Nelson, Charles Nelson Riley is a goddamn legend. He was insufferable in this what? bit. Top, no, not not Charles oh, Nelson Riley. Top oh, Pengill. Oh, oh, I was I was gonna say like. No, I know I am. I I know I I pick my hill to die on, and my hill to die on isn't isn't disagreeing over Charles Nelson Riley with you. That is not okay. my hill to die on. Okay. But Todd Pengill, I thought was insufferable this week. Okay, I'm putting the Ginsu down. Go on. I thought. <laughs> I just no no just the whole that whole bit at the start where it was like, hey, I remember being on the Gong Show, and hey, he hasn't got a job anymore, and I have. Uh, oh, you piece of garbage! Shut up. <laughs> and Charles hasn't really inspired a, a Weird Al song. Todd Pettengill hasn't. Exactly. Like, just shut up, Todd. And there's a few other things he said. Like, he said, oh, Tanya Harding was going to come to our event, but uh, she's not going to be around for the next five to ten years. Shut up. Just shut up, Todd. You annoying little creature in this particular bit. You're an annoying little creature. You're an annoying little turd. Shut up, Todd. Well, we're both fired up here. That's um, fine. So's Todd. Sid, Sid, do you know who Charles Wilson Riley is? Nope. This is this is how dated this show is. And I'll admit, even CNR was dated in 1994. But um, so you've heard of the show Match Game, correct? Yes. There was an older version of the show before the current um, mediocre version that had, had actual funny people on it, and Charles Nelson Riley was one of the main panelists. Ah, oh, okay. He's also a stage actor, and he was also in a wrestling film called Body Slam back in the 80s, playing a TV host. Hmm. And yes, he inspired a Weird Al song from 10 years ago that is modeled after some White Stripes music. Ah. Charles and Riley was freaking awesome. He really was. I almost said a worse word there, but we get the Fan Fest plug, which is the star cast of its day. That's when a 13-year-old yeah. Conrad would interview people. <laughs> I love, I love the footage from the the like the fan access the fan casting they did because it was just like you compare it to now and, and Sid you'll know this because you've been part of Starcast a couple of times and it's just this amazing setup isn't it yeah and then I also went to uh not last year but the year before I went to Wrestlemania access so I even went to the WWE side of things and it's just always a huge spectacle like even with Starcast they weren't like super huge hotels, but like it was still like everything was changed. Like the specific hotel, like last year for All In, they had their specific hotel. Everyone in the hotel was like talent and staff of the event and guests who were coming in and stuff like that. And they all had star cast cards. Like it literally took over the entire hotel. And while Vegas was a, a much bigger hotel and stuff, it still felt like you were walking in. Well, first you had to walk through a Sephora thing, which was very odd. But um, then you'd get there, and it's like, oh my god, this is Starcast. Like everything's different. With FanFest, it almost seemed like it was 
a convention and then like all of a sudden oh here's a here's a wwf star oh look you can do this thing it's like it didn't seem like you were engulfed in it and even with wrestlemania access it's still like you're you have like walking spots where like you're just walking through stuff and you're like oh look there's that oh look there's rick flair's robe oh look there's a statue like it's not like engulfing you and fan fest just seemed kind of like Oh yeah, there's um there's a WWF person. You can meet him there. You can commentate something there. You can take a picture with Doink. I don't know. Like, yeah. I like how Sid thinks of the negatives. The first few things that was, we can get a photo of Doink. Yeah, it's nobody like, wants a photo with Doink. It was well, just a clown. <laughs> it was and, and a nice clown. Who wants a picture with a nice clown? <laughs> I, I think it's still not a big fan of the movie It. Actually, um, as odd as it is, um, I have only seen uh, the first part from, I think it came out in the 90s, didn't it? Well, the first one did. Yeah, and I saw like that one, like the first part, and I thought he was really, really funny in it. And then in the, like, I wasn't really scared of it. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the new one came out, and I never went and saw it, but Austin went and saw it. And he just couldn't stop laughing at how stupid it was. I like um, that movie. Well, he just thought it was like just more funny than anything and not really scary. He but probably... he, he still really liked it. And he's going to see the second one in, I think it's November. <laughs> he's very morbid. Like, <laughs> the kid lost his arm. <laughs> well, he, he just, he, I, I don't remember exactly what he said. But I know, I know the main thing he took from it was the furnace scene when... Pennywise does his little dance. Okay, that's um, that was more disturbing than hilarious, but just peeked his head and you talking about it. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Anyway, so we have the we have the card run down here. It's ten matches: Luger, Yoko, Brett Owen, winner of the World Cup match faces Brett Savage, Crush, Razor, Sean. That match could be historic. Who knows? Since they were tag team metal ambition versus the Quebecers. Alundra Blaze will be in action, which is promising and shows how much I care about the women's division. Earthquake versus Adam Bomb. A mysterious mixed tag in Todd's words. And a 10-man tag that I'm really looking forward to. Can't wait to see it on WrestleMania Sunday. The match to- I'm sure the match won't be canceled for any reason. <sighs> and then we get the celebrity rundown. Jenny Garth. Do you know who that is, Sid? No. Okay, she was right. Let's play a game of which celebrities does Sydney know? Guess what? I know none. <laughs> Not even Burt Reynolds? Oh, I know Burt Reynolds. Oh, thank God. That was kind of. Not even Cy Sperling? Okay. Um... Not even Jake Paul? Oh, God, shush. <laughs> Surely you know Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah, I know Donnie Wahlberg. Okay, so, uh, you know, the guy from Blue Bloods now. Uh, <laughs> Little Richard, who is not going to be bad, as some people have pointed out. <laughs> All right, Bucky and Vinny. Uh, these they were YouTubers, like... basically, before YouTube, is what I've gathered. <laughs> yes, they invented YouTube. They're, they're like, they might... they're like, there's a, they're apparently, they're like, do you guys get Gogglebox over there? <laughs> no, we have... We have like red box, I think. No, well, Gogglebox yeah. is. Um, yeah, the... I don't know what, a, what, you don't, you don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what you're talking about either. That's. 
<laughs> cultural differences. Massive cultural differences. Gogglebox is a TV show where people watch TV shows and we get their reaction to TV shows they're watching. Okay. Okay. So basically, somebody's taken the, the reaction video concept from YouTube and turned it into a half an hour TV show. Hmm. Well, um, video. I don't think. Well, Buggy Vinny's really show is basically just them like reviewing movies. And, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to interrupt there. You're good. I was going to say, Buggy Vinny was basically just, um, it was them reviewing movies while Conrad interviewed them. Little little 13 year old Conrad who still had a beard. <laughs> Chat me up. You two guys drive a cab. <laughs> exact same voice. Chat me up on this, guys. You're going to come I'm, to I'm, WrestleMania 10. Now, I don't understand why two cab drivers are reviewing movies on on a Showtime show. <laughs> help, help me understand this. Why is it? <laughs> I would love. Like, I would, what, I, what I love is, is with Conrad, there's, there's two words that he uses that have such different connotations in the UK, but I now just accept his versions. Toss and what else? No, not all. Key three, then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Go ahead. Um, innuendo. Rumor. Rumor's not. Rumor's, rumor means rumor. But innuendo okay. means something different over here. What does it mean in the UK? Well, to, 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 to do an innuendo <laughs> is like, okay, a good example of innuendo. Um, if you're walking past, if you're holding a, a large pole, right, uh-huh. and somebody has to go, oh, what's a large pole you've got there? Hmm. That's innuendo. Because you're insinuating that it's something that's naughty. A- that's what it is here too. I just yeah. Conrad. Yeah. Why does he like, use it there? It's weird. I think he's just meaning like, like implications of something that that isn't. And and um and chat me up. Chat me up means yeah. something completely different. If he said, "Hey Tom, chat me up," I'll be all right. What's a nice girl like you doing in a place like this? <laughs> well, I think he's just using it slangily. Hey, I tell you what, Bruce, flirt with me a little on this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, Bruce, you're looking good tonight. How about we go out for a nice steak and then and, and we'll talk about why the Rockers didn't win the tag team titles in 1990. <laughs> Bruce, I brought my own JR's barbecue sauce. <laughs> oh, Phil. <laughs> Bruce, talk me into bed on this. How about some WBF <laughs> body- Warriors? <laughs> How about some WBF body stars and chill? <laughs> Gary Strider. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we love Conrad. He does great. Oh, work. I love him to death. I want to meet him. I want to meet him and give him a big hug because I get the I, vibe. He does hugs really well. I've been to freaking both Starcasts and I never met him, and I don't know how that's possible. But Austin did ask him a question at media yesterday. Did Austin start by going, "Chat me up on this, Conrad"? No, he did not. <laughs> Wasted hey, opportunity. Cop- hey, I copyrighted that phrase. You can't be using that. <laughs> Get me up on this now, Conway. That sounds way too southern. <laughs> you sound like Hank Hill making an obscene phone call. Just getting further and further away. <laughs> oh, now what you say? <laughs> I don't know what a JPEG is. Chip me up, Bruce. I want to get back on track here. No. Can we please? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> so we have Tom's we have Tom's favorite commercial in the entire world. Oh, I hate this. I hate this so much. Oh god. Is it, is it Ica Pro? 
No, I don't like the, the Anchor uh, Pro advert. It's the it's the WWF unbelievable one where it's the attractive young woman lay next to basically. Oh, that's stupid! Oh, isn't it awful? Isn't it awful? It's so dumb. Hey, baby, what? what's wrong? I just want to lay down. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that's that's a conversation you you'll never hear today. But it's eight o'clock. Rolls on. Ah, I'll watch the clips on YouTube. Anyway, I'm back to sleep now. The irony now is that it is that whole advert is indeed reversed. Where it's like, oh, hey, hello, darling, I'm up for a bit. Hey, rolls on. Oh, sorry, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> That's pretty much how it would go. You put me in a bad mood. We're not doing it. <laughs> yeah, I was, I've completely lost all mojo. I've watched two hours of mojo. Yes! <laughs> But Shane's opening the show. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I'm I'm closing the door on this proposition. Chat me up on this, Bruce. <laughs> Chat me up. Why are you covering sweat like that? You, you just said three sentences. If she okay, John, John, right? I know you don't do video editing very much, but can you take that advert? Can you dub the woman's voice with Conrad? <laughs> saying, Chat me up on this, Bruce. If you need me to do it, but it's only nine o'clock. <laughs> Come on, honey. Oh dear. Oh gosh. Never mind. So we, so we have K Wang versus John Crystal. <laughs> I mean, I mean Quang. What are those names? Quang. Yeah, I know John it's Quang, Crystal. But still. <laughs> what are these John. names? Yeah, John Crystal. Whose last name is Crystal? Like, come on. John Crystal. How dare he? How dare he have a... And it's not even crystal spelt right. Does that annoy you yeah, even exactly. more? Exactly. Yes, it does. <laughs> spelt Grahai. I am. I am through. I am. I am over the moon on this. This is. This is outrageous. <laughs> what? Well, we have. We have Quang, who's. His real name is Earl Quang. Yeah. So. <laughs> Keith is his Quang. last name really Quang? No, that's Savio Keith... Vega under a mask. Rumor and innuendo oh, okay. is. His real oh name my is... God, John! <laughs> <laughs> Chat me up. How would you come up with the name Quang? Was it was it something that was very Freudian, or was it just something you need something to sound vaguely Asian? Oh, oh God! <laughs> and Harvey Wolfman gets up and he's like, "I got a job to do," and it's just like all of a sudden now Vince is by himself. Poor guy. Well. It's Yes, Vince's left those on devices is not a good thing. Can I run a, a line of commentary that Harvey Whipperman gives here by you sure. two? Okay. So, this is after we've had that advert with, oh, hey, baby, rumour and innuendo is you fancy something. <laughs> and he's like, no, because I'm watching the wrestling. Because that's what all wrestling fans do, for the love of God. Um, yeah. Vince says to Harvey, what if that was you next to that young woman, Harvey? Mm-hmm. And then Harvey goes, right, Harvey goes, don't try and confuse me with reality. Let me concentrate on my own little world. I did hear that. I was like, what did you just say, you weird man? I think he tried to say, that is how I sleep, so shut up. But he said it in such a round-the-houses way. That's, um... I just got that Harvey just wasn't interested in the girl in the commercial because uh, she's too artificial for him. And I, that's what I got out of that. Is that what it is? Is that what it is? I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, uh, it was it was late and I was tired, so I, I could totally misinterpreted everything. But babe, it's nine o'clock. <laughs> Who's in bed at nine? Um, <laughs> just say children. Cripples. Not those two. Why are they in bed? <laughs> are you <nine>? terrible? <laughs> 
can edit You're that terrible. One you can edit that one out if you want. One minute, four. Oh, good. It's fine. Let me just text <laughs> Alex, tell her I'll be home late. So I've got to edit Justin's nonsense. <laughs> so anyway, um, Cy Sperling calls in because that's what the show needs. She said, Cy Sperling was the president of the Hair Club for Men, and he was also a client, as he would remind you, because he um, he used it to restore his own hair because he was going bald at a young age. <laughs> Cy Sperling was a celebrity in that sense. Like, he, he, even Dancing with the Stars would have turned him down. Oh, goodness. So, so uh, Very low down the very low down the totem pole of celebrity. Him and Burt Rounds were like diametric opposites. So they embarrassed Finkel for a little bit with, uh, you know, his ball. Can you help Howard actually look good for once in his life? Like, Jesus. Vince just hates Fink. I know. It, it's bizarre. He's, he's a bully. He's excited about putting staples in Howard's head for the uh, for the wig. Oh, I'll put it's, some staples in his head. Uh, yes, Vince was the Nick Gage of his day. <laughs> so, Quang wins with a, just a simple savat kickoff or reversal. Very abrupt squash match because I guess Harvey can't be gone for too long. I tell you what, I feel really bad for Quang because mm -hmm. the first time we saw him on Raw was the other week, and during his debut match, we had Owen Hart ring in mm -hmm. to talk about his brother Brett. His second match on Raw, and we're chatting to Cy Sperling. We've got no backstory, no, not a single f given about Quang. <laughs> He's just. He's just there to fill the void of stereotypical foreign heel. Yeah, at least, said. at least say that. Uh, I mean, I'm not defending it. I'm, I'm just saying that, that that's how they view him. Yeah. He has no real upside other, other than he can work. But th they have no real plans for Quang. He's not going to be challenging uh, Brett for the world title or whatever. He's it's just true. there. Sad but true. So we come to perhaps the most bizarre part of the show. Stan Lane, who... It looks a lot like Stifler at this point. He walks in on Sean getting dressed. Now, Stan Lane, for those of you who may be a little young and don't remember, was one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time as part of the Midnight Express. Mm -hmm. He was an exceptional wrestler. And, and for those of you a little bit older, the fabulous ones were Steve Kern. But Stan Lane is now at this point retired from the ring. He's an announcer and, and, broad, and uh, interviewer. Walks in on Sean getting dressed. Sean's got just a towel on. Diesel's there in a, a shirtless with a leather vest and jeans on. So it's, it's it's kind of a weird setting so far. Sean's like, hey, let me get dressed real quick. So Stan turns around. Okay, I'm ready. Sean just puts the belt on and his sunglasses with the <laughs> towel. Now that's an ensemble. That is a strong look. Surprisingly, not a Sean action figure with, with that exact attire. That would it's be a good look. Point. But do you like with this interview how how much it jumped around? How much was... Shawn Michaels jumped around, rather? At one point, he's laying on the couch. At one point, he's sitting on the backrest of the couch. At one point, he's sitting in front of the mirror. It's It was like so weirdly thrown together and edited that it's just, it, it didn't feel organic in the slightest. It was just, it was very strange and... All I can think of is, one, this is weird, and so I want to see the Rockers versus the Midnights now. Yeah, that'd be of the time, wouldn't it? <laughs> Sean and Marty from, like, 1991 versus the Midnights of 88. That would be, that would be ridiculous. 
Somewhere Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder just trembled and they have no idea why. <laughs> so next week we have Owen Hart and Crush versus the Smoking Guns because they know about family, but Owen and Crush don't. <laughs> this is the build. Trust and family. Owen and Crush, they don't know anything about it. The guns do, though. They're brothers. Next week. <laughs> yeah, and that's pretty much it. So we come to the main... Uh, imagine as a main event anywhere in the country. Oh, what a main event this is as well. Do you know what? I think we'd be hard-pressed to find anybody on planet Earth that is not a fan of the lads making their way down to the ring at the start of this match. Mabel, Oscar, and Mo. How do you not love them so? I know. You'd have to be really, really quite an angry person to not love men on a mission. And that's why I scheduled Sid for this show, because I knew how much he loves men on a mission. <laughs> exactly. Big fan. I, I I hear somebody breathing like Michael Myers in the, in the distance. That'd be me. I hate Conrad. you, too. <laughs> I hate you, too. Yay! Chat me up. Chat me up. Chat me up, Dr. Lewis. Why'd you shoot at me? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Alabama ween. <laughs> John, make that. Uh, Sid... Uh, talk us through the match with your favorite. Okay, well, just you guys need to realize I have nothing against Mabel or and anyone else who is part of Men on a Mission. They are good say, wrestlers. They're all dead I do now. give it that. Okay. Um. Okay then. Uh. <laughs> and I have nothing against them as people or as wrestlers or anything like that. It is all the gimmick. The gimmick is so '90s and so like dated beyond crap and just like having a like ooh there it is like going out everyone's clapping like yeah like we're we're hip and that's my whole thing and also I just think the outfits they wear is very odd. Like I, I don't again nothing against them. It's just it 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 met it was all started with that stupid vignette that they had before they debuted of them doing that 90s freaking music video and then they just took that and made that their whole character look you're in a 90s music video and you never grow out of it keep wrestling like i, I don't get it i don't get it I, I get it's because i'm younger and i'm like in the newer generation, and that's why I don't get it because I'm sure people loved it in the 90s. But no, no, I, no, 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 the hell they didn't either. No, they weren't fun. Yeah, that freaking crowd looked like they did. They're all clapping and they're all like dancing with them and saying, "Whoop, there it is." Because it snows there nine months a year. Go on. They're just happy for the entertainment. And like, I mean, it was a good match, but like, I mean, uh... do you feel better so you for like that? The no, I don't like the gimmick. <laughs> Do you hate the 90s? Is that what you're trying to say? No, I don't hate the 90s. I <laughs> uh, just... Okay, well, have you ever seen uh, Soundgarden's Black Hole Sun? I think you'd appreciate that. For Yeah, that's cracking, that is. I've never, I've never seen it, so I'll definitely check it oh, out it's later. it's scary. Like, there's bits in the video where all their faces morph and stuff like that. Oh, it's terrifying. <laughs> yes, uh, Mabel and Mo were in that video, too. Oh, please not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Black hole sun, whoop. 
Oh. <laughs> and then it's just like them rapping, like like. I just I don't like it. Like. Do you hate rap? No, I don't hate rap. Do you think rap is I... crap? <laughs> no, I don't think rap is crap. I do like some rappers. Like I like Eminem and and Fifty Cent and stuff like that. But like, my thing is when you're rapping and you don't do that for a living. And I don't know, is it Mo who's rapping? Oscar. Oscar. I'm sorry, Oscar, you're not a good rapper. Just Well, okay, that's fair point. Actually, that's how Tom... he got the job by rapping. Actually, yes, that's a true story. I remember you telling me. Actually, you know what, Tom, that's a good shout mentioning uh the rap is crap part because that's why Mr. Perk has to quit then because he saw Mel Mission was getting over and he couldn't stand that. Yeah, so he, he, had, to he leave. had to leave. Exactly. That's why he formed the West Texas Rednecks six years later. <laughs> but it's during this match that Harvey won me over because he gives a shout out to Robert Conrad on his birthday and mentions he was at WrestleMania two eight years ago. Like, yeah, this man knows his history. <laughs> Robert Conrad. Robert Conrad was in the was in the good version of Wild Wild West, not the one that Will messed up. <laughs> With a giant spider. But anyway. Um, yeah, we got some cool spots in this match of Man on a Mission. It was a great spot where because they're facing Brooklyn Brawler and a man named Steve Smith, who is not the former wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. Clearly not. Uh, Brooklyn <laughs> goes for a sunset flip on the 500-pound Mabel, which is never smart. He's not, he's not going down. He, it's Weeble's wobble, but he's not falling down here. Smith runs in to try to clothesline him. Mabel backdrops him Almost dropping him onto Brawler. And then and then we just sit down on Brawler's chest. That was kind of a cool spot. Like that? I like that. And then Steve Smith will now need double knee surgery because um, Mo hangs him up in the tree of woe. And Mo sends Mabel flying into him, avalanching him right in the knees. <laughs> I felt I fell for his knees when that happened. That was horrible. Oh, he God. He Lieutenant Dandem. <laughs> the legs might as well have split in half in front of us. <laughs> if that was an I quit match. Just put a half crab on you, win right then and there. Because he's hmm. done. They went with the assisted splash, remote Bulldogs Mabel onto the poor bastard. And that's that. Now that's with a simple win and route to their title match against the Quebecers at Madison Square Garden. Now there we come we to... And well, Tommy, any thoughts on this match? Um, no, just got over men on a mission very well. Big fan of their work. Excited for their WrestleMania outing very soon. So do you agree the match was fine, at least fine? Yeah, it was fine. Like, they did good. It was fine. And then, God, that spot that basically broke in half that man's legs, like... But yeah, I mean, I, it was good. Again, I have nothing against them as wrestlers. <laughs> Fair enough. We then come to a very underrated part of the show, but a very maddening part. Remember, hyping up next week. Now, Tom, now watch as they said we haven't. Uh, I assume you haven't been watching many recent shows as part of this run here, but Undertaker's missing. I do know about that. So uh, there were rumored sightings of him where Paul Bearer stands in a cemetery and Undertaker walks behind him and Paul Bearer 
uh, A does not see him, and B the cameraman does not alert Paul Bear. The Undertaker's <laughs> just walking behind him. <laughs> Why they did this, I have no idea. But apparently, Undertaker's now Elvis. <laughs> I thought I thought when they said sightings that it would be like like his head would be popping out of like a lake and it's like a really blurry picture <laughs> like you can't tell it's him yes, he's but it's Loch like Ness it's taker. close enough yeah Loch Ness taker or Bigfoot <laughs> or or Elvis or uh but uh, yes we have we have taker sightings to report on now this is important because a missing man. Has apparently turned up someplace. This is like breaking goddamn news. We have Undertaker's Saints report for next week. It's like, it's like, can you imagine like this important building caught on fire? We'll tell you about it Monday. <laughs> is it's it like, weird how it's like breaking news? It's not now though. Later. Well, we we were told you now, but uh, Quang versus John Crystal ran long, <laughs> so we therefore cannot tell you. And, and don't don't Taker, worry about it. It's not it's not that important. Even though like man, this man could have been dead, but I mean we who who knows? Like he he may have burned in a fire. He may have drowned. Like something like that. I mean we'll we'll figure it out later. We we we're gonna we're gonna procrastinate a little. And on top of that, why is his Im image on the graphic transparent? Like he's a ghost. That was odd. Oh, they've been doing that though since since the uh, since the rumble where every time it's like a little card with the undertaker on it's faded like he's actually dead well the big payoff is when pac-man jones eats him <laughs> waga, 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 waga. anyway next week we have a main event truly anywhere in the country jeff jarrett versus virgil oh my body is ready for jeff jarrett versus virgil I'm, I'm gonna have my Olive Garden ready for next week. <laughs> Can we eat Olive Garden while we watch it? I haven't got an Olive Garden in the UK, but I'll eat an olive in the garden. That's okay with me. I have, I have an Olive Garden ten minutes away from me. I will get some breadsticks. Ooh, I will be ready for that. Humble brag. We have Doink. We have IRS. <laughs> we have a special presentation for Tatanka, the Lumpy oh, Indian tribe. From the tribe. <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> for what this is gonna be. I hope it's like a new skateboard or something. <laughs> okay, predictions. Predictions. Sydney, what is the Lumbee tribe going to present to Tatanka? A surfboard. Surfboard? Justin, you said um, a skateboard? Well, I already know what it actually is, so I, I, I can't be a party to this. I think it's going to be The Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> Your very own. You asked for, you asked for one. Oh, there he is. <laughs> we summoned him using the spirits of the Indians. <laughs> I'll say it's where that story goes. It is so bizarre. They're so off the beaten path at this point. But we'll see when we get there. And, and of course, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. And of course, Smoking Guns versus Owen Hart and Crush. The trusted versus the trustees. Yes. And it's going to be a. That is two weeks out from WrestleMania, you realize. Oh, God, nearly time. How exciting. But that's the So we're getting Jeff Jarrett versus Virgil. <laughs> you know, so, you know, what, what Sim was saying about the 90s, I'm, I'm starting to believe a little bit more. The 90s sucked. <laughs> hey, mate, we've got another, like, seven or eight years in it. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't insult it too much. <laughs> well, we've got Techno Team 2000. Yeah. <laughs> what do we make a rule then, Justin? What do we make a rule? Uh... uh I love the world title match. 
I thought Harvey was fine as an announcer. The rest of it was just squash rama with a bit of, you know, the typical stupidity of the time that it did makes you go, what? But uh, it was a very typical episode with a very untypical opening match and a very welcome one. Sid? I thought um, very much of the same, where I thought it was a good show. The first match was definitely the best, and I thought they did a really good job, even though Yoko got winded a lot. Um, and it was just a lot of squash matches, and I was like, okay, well, it's just a squash match. Okay, next we got a squash match. Okay, squash match. I was like, are we going to do anything else? Like, what's going on? And then that, that freaking interview with Sean, just him hopping around, that was quite weird. But, I mean, I thought it was good. Um, I didn't think anything too bad of it. Oh, that's uh, good enough for me. And we need to put Harvey Whippleman on the scale. 97 pounds. Oh, you mean the uh, commentary scale. <laughs> soaking wet, that is. That's so definitely soaking wet. Um, so where does he fit between the between? Oh gosh, I keep forgetting where we're at with this. Is it the Crush Heenan scale? It's the IRS Heenan scale. It's the Shyster Heenan scale. Okay, mm. so where does he sit on the Shyster Heenan scale? With zero being like IRS, which was awful, and ten being Bobby Heenan, which was impeccable. Um, he 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 didn't take away from the show at all, but he. He wasn't really noticeable too much, so I'd, I'd give him a solid seven. Okay, Sid, your turn. Out of ten. For I Harvey. honestly, I think I'd give it a little lower. I think I'd give him a six um, okay. because there was points where I felt like he kind of overtook and just, like, was talking about his guy more than really anything. And, I mean, other than that, he was really good at, like, staying out the top and not intruding on every match. But I did feel like there was one or two matches where he kind of intruded and talked like to kind of bring away from the match, which I thought was odd. He was also on topic, at least. So there was that. That's true. Like he was trying to, he was a wrestling commentator on a wrestling show, which in recent times has been very, very welcome. <laughs> very, very, very true. Very true. Okay, well, good effort by Harvey. Good effort by Harvey, then. Do we agree? Indeed. Lovely. Agreed. Okay. Well, thank you very much to Sydney Summerwich from the Discord for joining us today. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to have you here. It's great to be here always. It's great to be here. I don't believe that for a second. If, um, <laughs> if you um, if people want to find you, where can they go? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SAZoomer4, and you can find uh, my brother's podcast at Pinned Podcast. We're probably going to have a lot of stuff going up uh, as of next weekend, because as uh, we mentioned, I'm going to be at All Out Weekend, and we're going to be covering StarCast. So we're going to be having a lot of media stuff, and um, we're going to try to get some interviews, so we'll see what we can get. Um I uh, hope that Moxley doesn't kill me. Uh... <laughs> he shouldn't. Justin, anything you want to plug while you're here? Uh, not particularly. Just the same old going on. Uh, just my Twitter as usual, JRH writing. Other than that, it's kind of a business as usual at the moment. Okay, that sounds good. Um, 
Thank you for uh, the the thank you for subscribing to the Coltonic podcast as a treat. You have a brand new episode of Wrestling Curiosities tomorrow that drops. It's a, it's another it's another very religious one which I'm very proud of. So you can enjoy that. Are we enjoying Wrestling Curiosities? By the way, just just say yes, and I appreciate it. <laughs> yes, I appreciate. It. Oh wait, oh you mean to, oh, just the yes part? <laughs> just, just the yes part from both of you, please. That'd be great. Yes. yes. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. And uh, as it's a bank holiday in the UK, uh, no Coltonic news uh, podcast on Monday morning. But you'll be getting nine pitches for NXT on USA from myself, Sam Driver, and Jack the Jobber. And you will get a a special podcast called the World of Sport Legacy, which is about British wrestling uh, in the in sort of the sixties and seventies. Uh, enjoy that in your ears. It's a nice time for everybody involved. So it's you and who else on the podcast? Uh, on that particular one, it is myself. It is John Lister, who has written a, a brilliant book. Fighting called, Spirits. Uh, yeah, Fighting Spirits, very own John Lister. Uh, he also wrote a great book on the world of sport wrestling called Have a Good Week Till Next Week. He is with me. Uh, I'm joined by Harvey Orsgood, who is the uh, the writer of a movie based on a world of sport wrestling legend as well. And uh, so us three uh, across, across generations are going to be chatting about some of our favorite British wrestlers. True Sounds awesome, man. It, Quite prolific here at Call to Hawk now, ain't you? I am. I just got nowhere else to go. So I just, just <laughs> hang around. <laughs> just, I live here now. It's fine. Anyway, for Sydney, for Justin, I have been Tom Campbell. Rumor and innuendo is that Sydney loves men on a mission, and that is true. Thank you. I'm going to hit you. Love you. Bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.